Summer is just around the corner and I could not be more excited. Those warmer, sunnier days are calling, so fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to their menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals, which is so helpful for me, especially during those busy summer months. As you know, my mom and I, or at least me, are not great in the kitchen. I need to have things that are easy to cook and delicious and healthy. So Factor checks all those boxes for me. Make today the day you kickstart a healthy new routine. So what are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. And treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. You can choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. Factor truly has it all. So head to factormeals.com slash barbknowsbest5050 and use barbknowsbest5050 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code barbknowsbest50 at factormeals.com slash barbknowsbest50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. I am your co-host, Michelle Maros, and yet again, as if I would be with anybody else, maybe one day, I'm not quite sure, but I am with my mother, Barbara, who quite often tends to know best. Hello, Mom. Hi, Michelle. Hi, everyone. How are you? How are you? I'm good. So I'm, 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 I'm feeling very... Um, excited about our talk today. So it's a rainy day here in Florida. With Thundering rainy day. The day that we are recording. And um, we are on take two because our first time, our first go about this, we had a thunder and lightning situation completely cut our power. So we're having a bit of a groundhog day. But I believe, as we all believe, that it, it must not have been meant to be that that was meant to be listened to. So now we have something even better <laughs> to share. I love that. You just got to go with the flow sometimes. You got to pivot when you need to. And you got to just Understand when breathe. you don't have control and breathe. Yes, we never have control. But interestingly enough, today, um, we want to talk about something 
that we've been researching and it's it seems to be trending online and on TikTok and on social media right now where and it, we're getting a lot of people commenting about it too, yes we've well. had a lot of comments and it is an element of of picking out areas of control in our lives and I think that so often we talk about the intention and the point of this podcast is to help whoever is listening tap into themselves, um, establish a solid relationship with themselves so that they can start to find areas that they can control or manage. Because as we know, as the storm has told us, we can't control what happens in the external world, but we can start to control or manage our reactions to it. And I'm really, really excited to have this conversation take two <laughs> with you about this because this is a topic that you and I have talked about Your whole essentially life. my whole life mm-hmm. since I've been in therapy from a sm- as a small child. <laughs> um, not to make it sound like I grew up in, well, we'll get into it. But um, I've talked about it in my own personal therapy and then, of course, within family therapy. But I had never heard it labeled as this term until recently. And so today we are going to talk about the concept of cycle breaking. It's amazing. I know I, I'd never heard it titled that or named that. I mean, this is something, you know, that we've been talking about even in my own generations and I'd never heard it called psycho, psycho breaking, which is not psycho breaking. Cause when she <laughs> says be, it, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, you're not, is, are you saying the right word? Because I'm pretty sure that psycho breaking would probably be something different. Maybe not. Maybe I not. Know. I don't know. Kind of seems but similar we're talking about cycle breaking, which is the concept of identifying negative, toxic, dysfunctional family patterns that are passed down from generation to generation, cultivating the awareness about it, and making conscientious changes to not pass this on to further generations, which is fascinating. It is really fascinating. And I'm sure all of you are like, oh, yeah, I had a, I've thought about that, but I think it's cool to have this term because when we can label label things, we can start to shift it in a more powerful way. Absolutely, Michelle. It it goes right in hand in hand with what we talk about all the time on this podcast and in every single episode that awareness is key. So once we start to become aware of something, as a little girl, I said my entire life, this is not going to be my life. This is not going to happen in my life when I when I grow up, I'm not going to live this way. But then I became grown up, you know, 28 years old, checked myself into treatment for bulimia had very, very low self-esteem, you know, had all the things that come from a dysfunctional family unit. So it, it took that awareness for me to understand, whoa, okay, so this is happening and this is happening and this, this kind of coincides with that from therapy and from being in treatment. But the whole key to it all though is, okay, what do we do about it? And that's why I'm excited about this episode today because we're going to go into being able to identify it, being able to become aware of it, and then actually what can we do about it? How can we start to break the cycle, which is not easy. You know, nothing in life really is, you know, Glenn and Doyle, life is hard. So I think that's why I'm so excited to really help people understand that it, if you grew up in an unhealthy, dysfunctional family unit, not one that where the family environment supported you feeling worthwhile and feeling valuable and knowing that your feelings and your needs were important and that you could express them at any moment that you were feeling them and understanding that the environment was healthy and it was really a, a strong, 
you know, loving, supportive, supportive environment. If you didn't grow up in an, in an environment or a family structure like that, it's going to be likely that, you know, you have maybe low self-esteem addiction or whatever those kind of situations could be because it, I, I mean, I think with the work that I've done for so long, we always know that our family of origin significantly impacts our lives. But I, I think more and more and the older that I get and the more that I really think about my own life. And as you always say, you know, really forming that relationship with myself, that really deep relationship with myself, I see it, it impacts how we see ourselves. It impacts how we see others. It impacts how we see the world. It impacts everything. And so, yes, it's true. We can't choose our family. We can choose our friends so we can make the changes like that. But we really have to become aware, I believe, on how that unhealthy family unit from the very beginning, if that's what defines, if that's the life that we grew up in, how it actually has affected us. Of course. I mean, our family or whoever we we are surrounded by when we're growing up, whatever that family unit looks like, is your original influencer. You are influenced, grown, um, molded, shaped by whatever values and patterns and traits that the people that are raising you have. And I want to just take a step back for a second to just say that we're not saying that somewhere out there, there are perfect families walking around with no dysfunction, no trauma, and just like there's some group of people that are living life scotch-free and that somehow if you do have family trauma or drama or dysfunction, like you're less than and something's wrong with you because you have to figure it out. I think all of us have something in our family that, that makes us want to heal from, and that's just human nature. So there is no perfect ideal or people out there that are perfect that didn't have to learn these lessons, just in case anyone was like, oh, you mean there are people? But I think... We're always learning and growing and evolving to make things better for ourselves and for the people in our life in the future. So I just wanted to I love that say that because I think for myself too, sorry, like, you know, when I would have issues as a child or, you know, you and my dad got divorced when I was young and I had step families and difficulties with that, I would think, oh, you know, why do I not have a perfect family or... Right. What's wrong with me that I can't have that Norman Rockwell, you know, ideal that I used to see as a child? And I don't think that exists for anyone. We just have to figure out within ourselves what we can heal and what we can move on from with whatever we've been given. And I I would like to add to that when I say as a little girl, this is not going to be my life. What I realize now and what I what I think I imparted on you probably your whole life is that what I was saying to myself and what I was saying is I don't want to be a victim of the outside world. I don't want to be at the mercy of the outside world. Your surroundings. Your surroundings. So I I remember thinking that so strongly, I'm going to have my own power. I'm going to be in control. Now, obviously, all the things, eating disorders and all the things that I've been through, obviously that is all about not having enough control. So what, not, not feeling in control. So and not feeling like I could express my feelings and all the things. 
so it it led to me having you know well, we're going to get into situation. the steps and i think you started as a young girl with the awareness but you didn't necessarily have the exactly. tools or resources to know what to do and also thinking that this was many decades ago where these kinds of conversations were not being had but you had the awareness. There was a seed within you that was like, I need to change something. Right. And when someone comes out with a thing like this, like toxic relationships or narcissism or psycho breaker, psycho breaker, psycho breaker, <laughs> it, there's a little piece of us, I think, you know, that might feel like, oh, that explains everything. It kind of lets me, someone names it, kind of lets me off the hook a little bit maybe, or like, oh, that, that explains everything. And so if we can take that, that explains everything. Now, what can I do about it so I can become more empowered and more in charge and more yes, really living the life that I want to live, not feeling like I have to be a victim or feel like I have to be at the mercy of, you know, my upbringing or my, my generations of people before me. So. Exactly. And so like we were saying, the term cycle breaker is relatively new. It's not um, it's not something that you ever heard as a child or even I haven't heard as a child. But Dr. Murray Bowen developed this term through his family systems theory that he created to better understand how families function. And he studied families and observed family dynamics and determined that a central element of his theory is that human relationships are governed by an emotional system that has developed and evolved over a long period of time. And so, you know, families who, generally speaking, have respectful and supportive family members, they're respectful and supportive of each other, are feeling happy and productive. But then, of course, if there's tensions, disagreements, toxic dynamics, other problems, and a family member starts to become dysfunctional, it can, you know, breed and spread into the rest of the family members and create a toxic dynamic within the family environment. And so that's really what we want to talk about today is what can we do to be a cycle breaker? What are the things and the um, the common trends and themes of families with these toxic dynamics and really what we can do? Because we don't want to like like you said, give you the term and then say, figure it out for yourself. We, we love a tangible takeaway. So we're going to talk about what we can do to start to be that cycle breaker for our own selves and really think about what our, what we're going to pass on, what our legacy is as well. I love that. And I also want to add to that too, Michelle, that we also start to become aware of, and it's only been recently, I'll share it. In a few moments when we get into it, it's only been recently that I started to actually think about where, what are things that happened in my life or where are ways in my life? What are some of my stories? What are some of my family stories where this has shown up big time where I didn't feel like I had a choice or I didn't feel like I could speak? And so when, when, the, um, when the experts, the psychologists and the psychiatrists talk about, oh, yes, if your family of origin didn't didn't give you a supportive feeling of, of being allowed to have your needs met or being allowed to say no or being allowed to voice your feelings so that they could be heard and then, and then be, to be attended to. Then you start to recognize, you start to look back. I've looked back and I thought, wow, there's some, been some major episodes. I have some major stories in my life. So it's very, it's very fascinating to me to see how it all plays out. 
like if we can actually look at our lives and say, oh my gosh, there's, there is, there's a piece of it. There's a piece of it. There's a piece of it. You know, cause when we're teaching certain things in our lives, it's kind of interesting to, to really identify the story behind it and see where it actually showed up in our relationships mm-hmm. more than anything else in our relationships, obviously. Absolutely. So as we always say, awareness is the first step. Cultivating awareness is how we gain back our power. So according to the Counseling Center at the University of Illinois, talking about unhealthy family dynamics, these are some examples of some of the common unhealthy family dynamics that can start to be the cycles that we're trying to break. And I think your story, and you can go into it more, is is why it's kind of a perfect example of someone who is noticing and you have that seed of of wanting to be a cycle breaker because you have, you tick quite a lot of these boxes. So um, respectfully, one or more of your parents have addictions, um, parents threatening physical violence, um, Parents being unable to provide for their children financially or otherwise. Parents exerting control. Um, you know, parents ignoring their children, being overprotective, co-de- uh, codependent, um, et cetera, et cetera. Those are some of the key things. And we'll link. Um, I, I really had a fun time. I like love to research. So I had a fun time on the site reading about it. So we'll link more if you want to dive deeper into this. But you can probably sense a comment that, trend and theme of where some of these toxic dynamics stem from, you know, abuse, addiction, and neglect, and emotion, uh, economic, um, instability. Yeah. Economic instability or, and, and not being able to, not being able to be a child, I think as well. So all those things where you, where you had to grow up really fast and be an adult before you were even actually allowed to be a child. So Yes. I think if we take a if we take a dive into this and look at some of the things and some of the ways they show up, you know, how many of you listening to this often heard, you know, family is family. You know, you don't you don't share what happens in the family and family is family and this is just the way that it is. And I think what happened for me in hearing in hearing that and you know not being able to speak up, not being able to, you know, needing to repress or ignoring difficult emotions really that whole idea that you really couldn't, you knew what was happening, but you really couldn't speak or you couldn't say anything. You weren't allowed to that idea that, that if something did happen, you still had to maintain the same relationship with the family member and you still had to do all the things. So there's a famous quote that says family isn't always blood. It's the people in your life who want you in theirs, the ones who accept you for who you are, the ones who would do anything to see you smile, who love you no matter what. But that's, yeah, that's true. We can go out and choose our friends and we can do all the things. It's not necessarily always blood. But if you grew up as a child in a very dysfunctional household and very unhealthy, you were taught family is family and things stay here and you blood don't do all the things. Blood is thicker than water. So I was sexually abused as a child from my uncle. And I remember there's a lot to that story, but I remember then when I was marrying your dad, I obviously did not invite that person to the wedding. And I remember my mother saying to me, did you invite him? And I said, I froze. I said, 
Um, cause she didn't know. I mean, I kept, you know, silence, code of silence because you had to, you know, he would threaten me all the time. So I didn't say anything. So I assumed that none of them knew anyway. So I froze and I said, Oh, uh, must, uh, the invitation must have got lost in the mail, whatever. She said, well, it must have, you know, cause he, she was pretty upset because he hasn't received it yet and he really wants to come. And I remember thinking what, but I froze. I was literally froze. So he ended up coming and I remember, I remember it, it literally inside. I had to actually freeze myself inside to be able to handle the situation. And it's my wedding day with your dad. So I'm saying this story. I didn't have a choice, but if I think back on it, it's really fascinating as the, as the grown up Barb uh, and not the child Barb. But as I think back on it, when you feel like you don't have a choice and you're at the mercy of, it truly destroys you. It, for me, it truly destroyed me. And that is kind of how my life played out until I developed the eating disorder bulimia. And then I ended up checking myself into treatment, which is a story you all know. So that idea that you don't have a choice. So today, this is what I, why I wanted to share this story. So today, if someone were to, a family member or anyone were to say, Barb, you have to do this or whatever it is, you know intuitively whether you can or cannot do it and you have the power and you have the choice. So the Barb today would not do that. I would say, no, I'm not. I wouldn't have to go into the whole story with my mother, <laughs> my mother, but I would say, no, mom, I don't want to have him here. So it's just a really good, I think it's a very good example of sometimes where there is abuse in a family and it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual abuse, but where there's abuse in a family or abusive behavior or family members' bad behavior, you can take the gamut of, you know, where that could go in your own life or you're silenced. You're silenced for bad behavior. You're silenced. You're not allowed to speak up. Oh, you know, that's just the way it is. Oh, you know, they're not really abusive. They just get angry a lot or that's just the way that they are. And I think we have to really look at that's not okay. And that's what I love about these new generational like the things that are coming out, why I think social media does play a really great role in our development and our learning and our becoming because it's so many of these stories are now being shared and, and we're all recognizing, well, wait a minute, that isn't okay. The reality is this and not allowing family or friends or whatever relationship we're in to, to, to write a different story or to paint a different story. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you sharing that story is very powerful. And I'm sure many people can relate to that, unfortunately. But I think the biggest piece here 
in that instance and so often where these cycles tend to be passed down is you couldn't speak about it. You know, people so often in our families, especially when you think about different generations and different dynamics, particularly in your generation, even in my generation, it's, it's very different now, but it's all about protecting the family, you know, don't embarrass the family by telling people what happened. You have to protect the abuser because of what could happen to them. So the onus is really put on the abused of keeping it together. And I mean, even just with that one example and that one dynamic, you can see if you have to keep it in, if you have to be the one to navigate it where nobody else has to deal with these consequences and you're the one that has to be responsible, that does chip away at you, that does eat away at you, that does cause stress and disordered thinking and eating and and all sorts of trauma. Um, and that is the way that we start to break that because the more that we're able to speak about things, the more that we feel safe and comfortable in our family environments – And if we're not safe in our family environments, setting a boundary, you know, I think, and I grew up with the concept that blood is thicker than water. You know, you have to love and accept the people in your family, regardless of how they treat you or who they are or what they stand for. But I don't think that that's a tenant that's going to be carried forward in our society. I think that you should be able to feel free to set a boundary, a hard boundary or a soft boundary with someone in your family if they're toxic. You know, you should have been able to set that boundary with your uncle. And so don't feel like you can't do that with someone in your family if they truly are causing you harm. And I think too, Michelle, what what happens, and as I as I've you know looked back on this a lot, obviously with all the therapy and stuff, but what really happens is, as a child or as a, as even a young adult or even as a grown adult, let's face it, we can experience all this stuff at any age in our lives. When when the family unit or when you when you when you start to look at things, when what is actually happening is. When what is being said, let me put it this way, when what is being said or the picture that's being portrayed contradicts what's actually happening right. for yourself, it's a huge sign that, wait a minute, I need, I, need to, I, need to, I need to think about this. I need to look at this. Because I think what happens because of so many things, as you said, you know, two alcoholic parents, having trouble feeding five children, making ends meet, all the things. And, and I am not blaming or bashing my parents at all. They did the best that they could. When we think about cycle breaking, their ge- their generations before them and the of family course. structures that they came from were were really difficult, really really hard, really difficult. So we know that. That's what we're to why we're talking about this cycle breaking. They handed down what they learned. And so when I think about this, so what what happened to me, I became hyper independent. Mm-hmm. And even today, I have to really notice myself sometimes because I have a very hard time trusting people because it made me so depend hyper hyper independent that I said to myself I can't trust anyone I have to only rely on myself and so I'm sure that's why I said this is not going to be my life I'm not going to live like this and I think it's been years of undoing that cycle of you can't trust anyone you can only rely on yourself Barb it's been years of of breaking that so that now I can ask someone for what I need. 
I would never, and I know you and I were talking about this recently. I remember you said to me, mom, just tell me what you need. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you need in this moment. I was, I'm going through a really difficult time right now, which we'll talk about sometimes. Eventually she will talk about it. it, but she just, she was, you were so, so kind. And so just mom, tell me what you need. I'll do whatever you need. It's really hard for me to tell people what I need, even to this day. So it's hard to ask for help. And it doesn't make me weak. And it doesn't make me needy. It doesn't make me any of the things that as a young girl, I thought it would. Wow, I can only. It's normal to have needs. So that's one of the ways it can show up. If, if, if this resonates for you, that you feel like you can't trust people. And that whole idea of I've got to be super hyper-independent. Well, because you felt like you couldn't rely on anybody else. The only person you couldn't rely on was yourself. Right. And I, that comes from so many of those dynamics that we talked about. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I, you know, because, you know, you said it earlier too, when you repress your emotions. So when I had to repress what reality was and had to pretend like the, the pretend reality was reality, they, it all comes out sideways somewhere. So it came out as an eating disorder. It came out as having, you know, low self-esteem, not thinking that I was good enough. So in order to prove myself, I had to have, you know, a good job. I had to do all the things. I had to become a type A aggressive. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it uh, at the at the expense of my own, you know, really abandoning myself, actually. You know, we talk so much about how to become your own best friend and how to really love yourself completely. You know, it's taken me a long time to get to that place of not abandoning who I am and really loving the person that Barb is. So I share all this because if you're feeling any of this, it it can come out in very subtle ways that we're not even sure that we're not even, we're not even understanding that we're doing it and we're not even sure why we're doing it, how we're treating ourselves or the things that we're doing, or we think that we might be expressing our emotions because they come out as anger or fury or whatever it is, but actually it's the feelings inside that have been bottled up and they're coming out sideways. They're not really asking for what we need or what's happening really for for us in that moment. Mm -hmm. That's how it shows up for me sometimes. It's a lot of layers here. There are a lot of layers. This is a really complicated. I I have so many thoughts in my mind of, of what I want to share. So maybe we can do another episode on this too, if you all are interested in, in more of a deep dive, but you know, based on what I think what we can speak to is our own experiences. And, you know, you saying that you were hyper independent, you could only rely on yourself. You were a type A perfectionist because you felt that being perfect was the only way that you could really feel like you were worthy. And that led to all of these things that resulted in your life with your eating disorder and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and just to kind of give a visual of, of a cycle is, and you can go back to listen to the episode. uh, I don't remember which episode it is. It's very early about, you know, the topic of eating and eating disorders where you shared this with everyone that was kind of passed down to me somehow, you know, and I had my own struggle with eating where, you know, it was kind of introduced to me in college of the concept of throwing up what you eat and you know you caught that and we had the conversation because you were like this can't continue but that was a cycle and you know I I can pinpoint 
quite a few um, dynamics within my family that you experienced. And I think it's just interesting just to be able to see it. Like sometimes some of these topics are so ethereal. You're like, oh, and, and I can understand that, but I can't see it tangibly. And it's, it's so helpful to tangibly see it. And that's why I've always been talking about this with my therapist because, and even with you, you're like, all of these things you've held this um, intention and belief and I have with, and my therapist is like, you're healing all of these things now so that you don't carry this into whatever family I eventually have. And um, it's like, not to, uh, not to ruin a story end, but like it ends with us, like the book, Colleen Hoover, like all of these things end with this generation and you try your best to really like unravel it all. And it's painful. It's, it's all, I mean, it is not a pleasant thing to tap into these painful dynamics and like grab them at the root and pull them out. But you do it with this hope and belief that the future generations m- might not have to go through that. They'll have their struggles, but maybe it won't be this. And I think we also do it with the belief that it's never too late for our own lives. I know I think that about my own life. It's it never isn't. it's never too late. Uh, it's never too late to live the happy uh to, to live the happy life that you want to live. So it's never too late. And I think that this is so beautifully said, Michelle, because I you You and I, it's not like I broke all the cycles and raised this perfect child sitting across from me, but I, I'm in the process (laughs) because no one is perfect. So, but, but in the, in the idea of all of this cycle breaking, now that that's a term, I have raised a daughter who is extraordinary. I've raised a daughter who is insightful. I've raised a daughter who, who tells me when she's upset, who tells me her emotions, who tells me her wants or her needs, who tells me her desires for life, who'll say, you know, mom, that's not for me, or who's not afraid to come back to me and tell me who you are and tell me what you need. Because I know as a young, young person, I was constantly mediating the fights between my parents and stuff like that. And I remember you saying to me one time, mom, I don't want to be between you and dad, or I don't want to be between you and my stepdad. I don't, I don't want to be this person. Like you were not, so you are not afraid to stand up for yourself. You're not afraid to voice your opinion. You're not afraid to be who you are. And I think that that, as I look at that, I thought, this is really extraordinary. Well, that is the difference. And as you were speaking, I was like chomping at the bit waiting for you to stop (laughs) because I wanted to say, and I didn't want to interrupt you, that that is the, for me, this isn't about being perfect so that you don't pass down toxic dynamics. But the difference, I think, between my generation and having you as my parent and you as a child with you and your parents is that you cultivated despite whatever dysfunction was happening within you or within the family dynamic, you always created an environment that made it feel safe to talk to you about things. And so I always felt like I could approach you with whatever things that was going on. And someday maybe we'll dive into this in the podcast of our own personal experiences, but there were a lot of things that happened within our household that were not right that I came to you or our family, whatever dynamics. Right. And I even remember certain instances where I was telling you things that was happening for me 
and you were like, I'm so sorry that's happening, but thank you so much for telling me because that's a huge first step. And so that to me is like chipping away at the cycle because you weren't allowed to speak about things that happened for you, but you allowed me to be able to speak. And even with the eating component, you know, you let that not let it took over a large portion of your life and you had to go to treatment, but you caught it within me before it really became a problem. And you noticed that pattern. You said, wait, we need to stop this. So not to say that things are perfect, but like you can catch it and cut it at the root. And you created an environment where it was safe to speak. And that is the thing that changes things. Um, you got me into therapy. Like literally I've been in therapy forever. You got me into therapy from a young age because you knew the power of therapy from your experience in treatment, how much that helped you. And so when, you know, when my, you got divorced, when dynamics got tricky in our family, I was in therapy because you did not want me to be so damaged (laughs) as an adult. And I, I greatly appreciate that because I can, you know, And I'm not saying there was so much that was not perfect, but I had at least I had that that privilege of a parent who is emotionally aware of those things, who had the resources to provide me with tools and and help. And to me, that's the way we move out of cycles. Again, sometimes these things do take resources like money and having access to therapy and things like that. So there are other there are alternative things that you can do, but Um, I think that's how we move out of it. I agree. And what I want to add to that as well, Michelle, is as a parent, and I want to speak to every parent that's listening, it is so important to be vulnerable with your children and not think that you have to be perfect and that you can say, I'm really sorry that that's happening. Like you don't have to be perfect. And I remember using the eating disorder one as the huge one when you came home I'll never forget this my whole life. When you came home and you were talking about college, you said, yeah, we all order pizza on the dorm floor. No, you floor. caught me. Oh, I forgot that piece. Um, <laughs> but anyway, then I told you like And then you told me normal. the whole story. Like it was normal. And so, and that's the first time that I ever told you about my own eating disorder and my own going into treatment. And I remember people in my life, you say, well, don't you think you need to tell your daughter? I said, I will tell my daughter I know the time will present itself when it will be the perfect time. And that was when that happened, I thought, Michelle, I need to tell you, this is a real thing. It's called bulimia. Maybe you haven't heard of it. Maybe you have. This is a real thing. And this is what can happen. And this is what it did to my life. And this is how it progressed in my life. And I think it was such a perfect, beautiful moment. So I'm saying all this to say, please don't be, don't think you have to be perfect because you can't. And that will do more damage than anything else because you being vulnerable and you saying, I'm sorry, or you saying, wow, this is what happened to me. It doesn't make you weak and it doesn't make your child think that any less of you, it actually empowers your children to be more authentic, to be more, like you said, you felt very safe and very comfortable telling me exactly how you felt and what you thought was right and what was wrong because there's always a lot in family units. I mean, it's not like we didn't have a lot of things you know, that weren't, weren't the way that they could have been, but you never held back. And I never punished you for that. Or I never said, Oh, Michelle, that's the way it is. Or I never tried to paint a story that it wasn't that way or tried to change your interpretation of it. I think as a, as a person, 
for me, that's one of the top five things that could be the worst thing that could happen is when someone tries to talk you out of how you're feeling and tries to make you feel like it didn't really happen that way. Yes, yeah, I did, gaslighting wasn't well, a yeah, thing. Well, yeah, but like, yeah, that's gas- not what happened. Yeah, that's, that's, oh, that's not a big deal. Or everybody does that. Or every, everybody yeah. has this happen to them. It's a part of life. Don't do that. I mean, if you just didn't do that as a parent, <laughs> I mean, it's huge. It's so huge. Because think about how you feel if it's done to you as an adult, for sure. And maybe think back if it was done to you as a child, like it was for me. But it's been huge, I think. And when I look at you and say you are an extraordinary human being, because even though things were not even close to being perfect. And there are so many things that, you know, if I had another lifetime to be able to raise a child that I would do differently, it's all great because we all learn and we grow and we know what to do different. Like my Andrew says, when you know better, you do better. But sometimes it takes years and generations to know better, to really get it in your psyche. So I think that's a really good example, Michelle, that you brought up. And I think in the idea of making changes, I just want to say one more thing. I love that you said change is slow, change is small, change is, I think so often subtle, subtle. We wait for people. I know as a child, you know, we kind of wait for people, especially the family unit to give us permission, you know, to change or give us permission to, to speak or to give us permission to do things. And really it's actually just you, you yourself becoming aware and you yourself seeing what, what small thing can I do? Well, I think too, as a child, you're looking at your parents as like a model of how you're supposed to be. And if your parents or family unit push down and and make you feel like change is not right or not possible or not acceptable, you won't know how to do that as an adult because you haven't, it hasn't been modeled to you. You haven't been given that permission, but you don't even know what that looks like because you were taught that if something happens, you push it down or you just push through or you know, whatever the coping mechanism might be. But I think the things that we can do to be the cycle breakers, and we're going to get into this um, in a tangible takeaway situation shortly, but being the model of, of what change looks like for your family, for the people around you, you know, showing people what it means to stand up for yourself or set a boundary or speak out or speak up in a way that's brave and authentic and aligned with what's happening for you. And it starts with you. And I think that's the thing that we always teach and why I'm loving this episode so much is because we're really getting to the nitty gritty. And I want to say again, I, both of my parents have, have since passed away. I love them dearly. I have come to a place of healing inside myself and understanding that they they weren't the victims of their own. I, 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 the word victim sometimes can. She dislikes well, that word it, because immensely. we are we are we we have been victimized. This is my take on it. I've been victimized. My parents were victimized, but we're but we. I don't like to label myself a victim because I feel like when you call yourself a victim, it takes away it, it, it takes away my power. Let me put it to myself personally. I feel like it takes away my power. I never want to feel powerless. So I, we've all been victimized in some way, shape, or form in our lives. And so I'm always looking at now, what can I do about it? Where, mm-hmm. Where's my power? So I just wanted to say what happens, what, what you want to keep, what you want to keep aware of for me, what I've learned so much in all of this is that it's so critical. It is so crucial. It is necessary for you to learn how to trust yourself, trust your perceptions, trust your feelings, trust your inner guide or that inner knowing when you're not feeling like something is right for you, 
too often we're thinking that other people know better for us than we know better for ourselves. So that's how you start to change. And that's where I think change begins with you, with us, with yourself, is when you start to trust yourself. Wow, what I'm feeling is real. Mm-hmm. No one else is living in my shoes. So what I'm feeling is real. And I'm not going to let somebody talk me out of my feelings. Let me at least express my feelings to someone who I trust. Yes. And, and get it out and talk about it. So for me, that is the biggest change that can happen. And Absolutely. I think you learn that as a child. You yes. learn that and you do that very well as an adult. And if, they, if you only learn that, I think it's, it, is, it will change your life completely. But it's a small, as you said, a small, subtle thing. And you have to be really, really patient with yourself because it doesn't, it's not easy to start trusting yourself when, yeah. you, when you learn not to, when you were told not to, like what you, what you felt wasn't real or what you felt wasn't actually what was going on when you knew it was. So it's a, it's a process. It's a really deep dive of a process, but it's, it's, it's a worthwhile journey to take. Sure is, Barbara. So it is a process and just breaking down what that process can look like um, as we start to wrap up this episode, you know, what are the steps to being a cycle breaker? And, and I, as we start to wrap up, can I just, I want to make sure that I have a little bit of time to talk about my favorite book on the planet. I'm going to give you all the time that you want. <laughs> my favorite book ever. I just know that yes. our listeners love to have the takeaways. Yes. No, so I, I want, want the takeaways too. I want too. to embark on that journey. Wonderful. Um, I'm here for it. <laughs> so the steps, if if this all resonates with you and you're like, all right, let's get into it. Of course, the first thing is having the awareness, identifying some of those family patterns or traits um, that you want to change. And like we talked about, it, it can be addiction, substance abuse, emotional abuse, um, aggressive patterns, families that can't handle conflict or big feelings, anything like that. Codependency and enmeshment, you know, we all have something. So it's like identifying what it is. And then, you know, I I think this piece is like kind of tapping into yourself and what that feels like for you. You know, like what, what is that for you? And that can be talking to it with a therapist or, you know, doing some journaling or going to a support group or, or having someone that you can talk to about it. But really like, I think this is like, you always talk about, you have to feel your feelings. You have to tap into what this experience was for you and get into the feelings, get into, you know, what the dynamics actually are, because like we say, like name it to tame it. You have to label these things and start to notice how it's impacted you today. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And then that, of course, takes you into the healing process, which you can do with a therapist or a licensed professional or a support group um, of, you know, merely making that decision that you are not going to carry this and you are going to heal these wounds that have that have been festering for you. Um, And of course, that's the process. I'm not saying like it's ding, ding, dong, you're done, but healing is huge. And then of course, conscientiously deciding to create new patterns um, within your family dynamic. And I would say from our personal experience, you creating an environment that was open for discussion and judgment free and safe and, and healthy in that way, that was huge for us. 
So um, if you were someone who felt like you couldn't speak in your family, creating that for your family now. Or if you grew up in an environment where, you know, therapy wasn't an option or mental health didn't matter or whatever, you know, creating that environment now. Um, Is there anything else that you can think of? No, I I think, no, it's beautifully, I love your takeaways. I, I think the only thing I would add is making sure that you're not trying to be perfect. Of course. I, well, I, but I think that's the process, you know, identifying, healing, tapping into how you feel, and then conscientiously choosing something new. Beautiful. And focusing on that that one thing. Because then I also want to get into ways that you can start to choose something new. And we Love did a whole reel on this on Instagram that we can link to if you want to watch it. But some of the ways that you can start to choose new things and new patterns is to set boundaries, mm-hmm. which have we done an episode on that? We I don't think so. We haven't we'll done go an into, on boundaries. No, we'll go into a whole episode, but setting boundaries, allowing yourself to remove the unhealthy people in your life that make you feel unsafe or unheard or, you know, a, a dangerous person in your life. You're allowed to do that. Um, which I think would have, benefited you for sure. Well, I think, yes. And I, I want to add something because I just thought of a story, an experience we had. Do you remember the time you came to me? I think you were, I think you were in high school, maybe you were still, I don't think you'd been, been to college yet. You came to me. We were having family Thanksgivings with the family and you came to me, I think it was maybe in September, let's just say. So this was before November and you came to me, said, mom, do we have to do, do we have to, we have, do we have to go up to the family Thanksgiving, because it, it, it really is dysfunctional. Remember that you said, I I don't think it works for you. And I don't think it works for me. I'm saying all this to say that you felt comfortable enough to say to me, it, it, it's not, it doesn't really feel good. It does. It isn't really functional for me. That might be listening to this. (laughs) No, it's true. Certain family dynamics did not work. And that was, obvious for everyone, but you're right. You can, and even in those, if you have to be in those environments, you always said you used to give yourself ways to escape for a moment, go for a walk, go to the store, give yourself an out. So even if you can't completely remove it, find ways to give yourself the peace in that moment. So that was number two. Number three is attending therapy or a support group because that is a huge emotional support that oftentimes we don't get from our family or it's um, where it's um, neutral. Number four, showing yourself the kindness and support that you needed as a child. So for you, for sure, you know, feeling like you never had that and kind of parenting your reparenting yourself now mm-hmm. is, is a beautiful practice. Um, number five, learning healthy coping strategies for managing big emotions and triggers. So, you know, we can all be triggered by things that happen in life, but that's, that's part of life. But how do we respond to it? Again, we can't control what happens in life, but we can start to manage our reactions to it. And there's so much power in being able to manage how we respond to things. I've felt that so much, especially within the past couple of years of my life where I've responded so much better to some very triggering things than I ever thought I would or could. And the way that it makes me feel is, is so great. Like I just, 
love when I don't react in a knee jerk way. Because you take the pause. Because I take the pause. Um, and it's, it's everything. And then of course, number six is for parents. And we've discussed this a bit, like a bit, not playing favorites or pitting your children against each other. You know, there's an equal equality in the family unit because I mean, yeah. Number seven, releasing unrealistic expectations for yourself and others. And this is like what you were saying. We're not perfect. Don't try and be perfect. There is no perfect ideals. Like it's just about what we can do in this moment. And lastly, learning to talk about your feelings and your needs without apologizing, um, which is also huge. I find that we're always apologizing for what we need or how we feel. And you don't have to apologize. You just have to take responsibility for it. Right. Love it. Those so are, those are great. Those takeaways. are a lot. Take a lot of takeaways. Um, we'll, we'll put some resources in the show notes for sure. But I know this was a very heavy and dense and a lot to take in. There's a lot here. So thank you for staying with us in this. But I think it's it's a lot, but it the end result is freeing, which is a nice feeling. Beautiful. So I'm going to give you the floor for well, the last you wanted to talk about. <laughs> no, the last thing I want to share is my favorite book on the planet. <laughs> my favorite book of all time. Is oh, and you did say you wanted to do a, an episode on books. And people which have we requested will. that. People so we will, that we will do that. We will. But one of my favorite books is Codependent No More. I have. Oh, a, she has 8 million copies. I have at least, I was just going to say, I have at least 10 at all times because I give it out quite often. Codependent, Codependent No More by Melody Beattie. And we will do a whole episode, I think, on codependency because I think it's worth it's worth it, and it's it's it changed my life. I read it when I got out of treatment, so I read it way way back in the eighties, the late eighty nineteen eighties. I was probably thirty twenty nine or thirty when I read it, and so I just want to I just want to highlight why this book is so powerful, and I think it goes hand in hand with this idea of cycle breaking, this idea of understanding relationships, and I think this book helped me a lot in being a much better parent, even though I made many, many mistakes. I'm certainly not a perfect parent. None of us ever will be. But it really helped me open my eyes to so many things because a codependent relationship means that the that the relationship is imbalanced. One person feels responsible for meeting the needs of another person and neglects their own. It's that whole idea that, that we're responsible for other people and that we have to be controlling for other people. And what I really have learned as I've gotten older, for sure, but I even learned back then a little bit, was that another person having their own feelings and another person expressing what they need and what they feel is so vitally important. And I think this book helped me be able to give at least that that kind of a structure in our family for you, Michelle. And so in my experience, it I, Always, it's always about awareness. Always is the very first thing. Awareness is the first step to breaking down any pattern. So if you're looking, I'm mm-hmm. going to give you just a it's few a little highlights. Book. I'll give you a few highlights and then go out and get it. But here are some of the signs if you're codependent. And I remember when I read this book and Melody Beattie like, listed these things. I'm like, I got all these. <laughs> I'm all these things. We can also do a whole episode so on codependency We, we will. As well. We are going to. So some of the signs are you're putting other people's needs before your own or you're feeling like you can't live without another person, or relying on someone for your own happiness. I mean, how often have we, we, we post about these things all the time, or people-pleasing to an extreme level, you know, losing your own sense of boundaries with what you need or what you will and won't accept, ignoring your intuition, feeling stuck or trapped, 
and then loss of your own sense of identity and desires. So if, if you, if, if, if even several of these are really touching your heart or you're like, Oh my gosh, there, that is me. I really highly recommend this book. And I want to just say that it's, please be patient with yourself. Please be loving and kind to yourself. Please be gentle. No, just becoming aware of this is a huge first step of anything, not just this codependency, but anything that Michelle and I've talked about today, understanding that there's no such thing as perfection, especially with this and just really starting to focus on what, what one little small thing can I do, period. That's it. Just one little small thing can I do. Family's never going to be perfect. You're never going to be perfect. And and not dwelling too much on what what maybe if you're noticing some of these signs, not dwelling too much on, oh my gosh, I can't believe, I can't believe it. Because I used to do that. I used to have all these 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 feelings of, oh my gosh, I am doing this. Oh my gosh, I really going down a rabbit hole. Oh, I hope I didn't ruin Michelle's life forever. Oh, I hope I didn't do this or I hope I didn't do that. Just, oh wow, I notice. I'm aware now. What's one small thing that I can do? And then just really loving yourself and really being patient and understanding that one little tiny step every single day, that little bit of progress, that little bit of becoming the person that you want to be in any situation, in any relationship is key. And then lastly, what I learned the most from from this book and from the idea of what codependency does, but what I learned the most was how much I was abandoning myself, how much I thought, wow, I'm giving up my own desires or I'm giving my my own sense of identity or I'm giving up my own greatness, my own extraordinariness. And it's costing a lot. I'm losing myself in the process. And so I hope that you all can be gentle with yourself and thank you for being here with this episode because I know it was heavy. Yes. And I love you. I love all of you. I love that you're here. I love you, Michelle. Thank you so much for being the most extraordinary daughter. Love you too, mom. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being so open with all of your history and being so open to allowing us to talk about this here in this platform because I know it's not always comfortable to talk about these things, but I, I mean, given the comments and messages that we receive, I do think that people resonate with it and that's, that's huge. So thank you for sharing that with all of us so that we can be a cycle breaker. And yeah, of course, thank you to everybody else um, listening out there who stuck with us with this episode. I'm really curious to hear your thoughts. If this is something that resonates with you and you'd like to hear more about, we can definitely do deeper dives into some of these dynamics. Definitely codependency and definitely boundaries are are on the docket. But um, let us know because it's it's always so helpful to hear your thoughts on these things. There's one more book I forgot too. If you're looking for books, Radical Acceptance by Tara Brock. Yes, is absolutely. Also a great book. Absolutely. So we will link those in the show notes and link some of the resources that we discussed to um, help you along this cycle journey way. So again, thank you so much for listening to this episode and being a part of the Barb Knows Best community. We love sharing these topics with you and we're so grateful to all of you who listen week in and week out. If you would like to stay in touch with us, which of course we hope you do, please make sure that you're following us on social media at Peaceful Barb, at Michelle Maros, and at Barb Knows Best Pod. That is the best and easiest and most effective way to reach out to us, to message us, to send us 
questions, comments, concerns, and other potential topics that you'd like to hear from us speak on. Additionally, if you have not yet, please make sure that you are liked and subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so that you are always up to date on all of our episodes. And lastly, if you haven't yet, please make sure to give us a, if you like our podcast, a five-star rating on iTunes and a review. And if there's comments or concerns, let us know. If there's something you want to see differently, Give us, give us the feedback. We love the feedback, but we love all of you. Thank you for listening, and we will chat with you next week because, as we know, Barb knows best. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.